Once was a land of woe and strife Where the people were bereft of hope They prayed to their gods of might and light To deliver the heroes of old Instead they got Heroes, did you hear the quotes in my voice of moral ambiguity? They may help or may not help you at all, depends on what's in it for them. They kick and they punch and they maul and they smash, they lie and they scheme and they burn and they slash. Succeed or fail, it has to the tell, dungeons and debacles starts now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Kevin. Going around the table, Hannah. I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia the Human Monk. Oh God, let me record that. <laughs> Jesus, I was. I'm sorry. I was also on the inventory screen. I'll do that again. I know we did some retcon last episode, <laughs> but I was not aware of you becoming didn't a monk. Didn't you know? Didn't you know that Uncle Luno has been teaching me? No. All right. <laughs> I was going to say, what was the RP reason for that? All right. Uh, let me try again. I will. Hold on. I, hello, I'm Hannah, and I'll be playing Talia, the human rogue. And Blake. I'm Blake, and I'll be playing Juliet, the dragonborn eldritch knight slash wizard. Are you sure you're not a bard now? I'm fairly certain I'm not a bard. <laughs> and John. Hello, I'm playing a Lunadas, elven monk with a horse. And Shane. Last but not least, I am Shane playing Alexander, the human bard. So the last time on Dungeons and Debacles podcast, you guys made your way to the exit of Mount Sunder to retrieve your animals. Um, there you met up with Sish, um, who is waiting on you outside of the volcano. He uh, hold on. Not Sish. Or not. <laughs> Call. Uh, Call was waiting on you outside uh Mount Sunder, but he couldn't get in because of the magical force field that prevented anyone without Bonebreaker's sword from entering or exiting. He is pretty horny to kill you um, because uh, you're murderers of the Red Talon cult and you've been using the companion's name uh, to do some pretty evil shit. During your conversation, Juliet learned that her parents were being held or were in no capacity um, to answer questions, I think is how Cole said it. He got mad as you started to walk away from him and attack the force field to no effect. You backtrack through the caverns to a place that had some walls that are uh, an entrance or exit that had been filled in with rock and rubble and debris to close it off. After about a half day of uh, backbreaking work, you were able to make a hole large enough to move through with your um, animals, your horses, and the cart. On your way out, you met a demon priestess of Lorth. Uh, Loth. Not Loth. Loth. Lorth. Lorth. <laughs> Loth. And a person you later found out who was Nifron who gave you instructions that uh, you were to keep gathering these artifacts, but they also needed Ruin's egg to bring her back to this plane. Um, she also took what artifacts of the saviors you had and rewarded you with some magical items. And that is where you find yourselves now. Well, she didn't reward all of us uh, with she magic did. items. Uh, Juliet didn't get a magic item, I don't think. Uh, uh, she got information on what was happening with her parents. Yeah, that's true. That's what she asked for, and that's what she got. So this uh, priestess has disappeared along with this feast table, and all of you are currently in this uh, area towards the exit of Mount Sunder and uh, with your animals and Nifron. So Nifron's going to say, if I can have your attention... Just so we're clear, and there's no misunderstandings, I'm here to guide you with my considerable knowledge and aid you as I see fit. Make no mistake, I'm not your hound. I'm not your errand boy, and I'm not your shield, and I'm not your ten-foot pole, and I am most certainly not your friend. 
I am bidden to serve by my mistress, and I shall, but I shall choose how and when. We are charged with securing the artifacts and to find the Great Worm's egg. If you should stray from this undertaking, I will end you. Are we clear? Nods furiously. Not a problem. What uh, a great way to introduce yourself to us. It. Was that sarcasm, little girl? I'm 12. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it up and you may not live to see 13. Man. That would be a problem. Don't do that. Bad, my friend. Do you say that in character? Yes. I do as I please, monk. Well, let's let's not fight. Now that we are kind of forced into this, uh, let's go. Let's go back to Kala and uh, find more information. And you know what? My family's there too. Maybe we should uh, just. just Kala is the one place we know we don't have any allies. It's crawling with enemies. I would prefer to avoid Kala after one of the other artifacts of the so-called saviors. We're reasonably close to Feydale. We could go after the boots of what's-her-name. I suppose that's fair. Uh, can, we, can we add to the places we need to go? Uh, can we add Kala to that? Because I kind of need to check in on my family before they're executed or whatever it is that they're going to do. Nifron's going to speak up and say, your family is not of our concern. Yeah, they'd probably keep them alive to use them against you anyway. And we don't even know if they're even in Kala anymore. Could have moved them anywhere by now. I know a way to solve that question. What's that? Don't we still have that nifty little statue thing? That's an excellent point. Just ask the question. Somewhat carefully. What is this of you speak? We found a little statue thing that if you ask it uh, once a day, you can ask it a question. Uh, it has to be yes or no question, and it'll give you the answer, yes or no. Ask simply, simply ask. I think I have it. Rumble, rumble, rumble through my bag of holding. I guess I'll find it and give it to Julia. Ah, yes. All right. Um, let's see. How do I work this thing again? I shake it, and then it gives me an answer. Um... Oh, magic statue. Is my family still alive and well in Kala, aside from being in prison? Well, maybe that's too complex a question. Is my family being held in Kala? So, you ask that, and the black sphere on top of this statue, you're going to start seeing um, some gray, purplish clouds start to move around. Uh, on its surface and it's going to form uh, the words yes oh good okay and okay then the so they are, they are color. and then the clouds are going to dissipate and it goes back to black Nifron's going to look at it and say what a wondrous item how did you come by it I honestly don't remember now I think about it me neither wasn't it in the raven uh, queen's crypt yeah, I think that must have been where it was. Yeah, I'm just... I just don't back then? Wow. Yeah, you guys just never use it. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, I, for some reason I thought we had it like halfway through the campaign, but it's probably that we realized we had it halfway through the campaign. I mean, it's basically a <laughs> direct line hey. to the DM. <laughs> so where can we go to get this thing get next information? Yeah. Alright, so how about we make our way to Feydale... We can take advantage of uh, possibly still existing contacts with the cult up there. Send people down to scout Kala. By the time we get the boots, uh, they'll have information on what the ground is like there in Kala. Because we know Kala has been denuded by the uh, so-called vanguard. Um, pardon me, but you've never been to Feydale, to my knowledge. How do you know there's red talons up there? Uh, my monastery is uh, northwest of the capital. Oh. I mean, it's not excessively close, but uh, I, I would assume that uh, our people are still there. I haven't heard otherwise. Nifron's going to say, Kala's hot right now. 
maybe too hot. Especially with a former member of the guard in tow, one who's wanted for murder, slash being a red down. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> sure which is worse, actually. Um, no, no offense to the red talons, but um, you know, I'm sure it's a crime. Two. How about we just go to Faydale? Yeah, we can work our way to Faydale. It's on on the way-ish to Kella. So, by the time you know, we've finished with Faydale, maybe Kella will have cooled down. Maybe not. We can keep on asking the Oracle for information and sketch out a plan. Great. So now we just figure out how to get there. So Nifron's going to speak up and say, "So that fool, the Prophet, could not see beyond this day." Perhaps because he's dead now. However, he did tell me you had the knowledge to find these artifacts and had a clue to the whereabouts of the egg. So what do you know? We have this old book we got from the mayor of Kala, and we have a portion of a map to the egg. A map, you say? May I see it? I believe that's also in your magic bag, Alex. I guess so. What is it in there? Uh, I take it out and hand it over. So, uh, Nifron's going to take this uh, piece of uh, map, which is about a quarter of a circle with a uh, triangle on one side of it, and uh, he's going to run it over his hands, and you're going to see him start to cast a spell. Alexander and Juliet, you can give me a arcana check. Yep. A natural one. Starting things off well. I'm really good at looking at magic. Uh, so that's a uh, a six and a nine. You kind of recognize some elements of it, and as simply as his hand, uh, as he's moving his hands, you think it's probably a pretty low level spell, uh, but you aren't recognizing it um, because he's moving pretty quickly. After about a minute of studying this, he's going to say. Well, it has some magical properties to it, but I can't discern what they are. It appears to be some sort of divination magic. Are you saying that maybe this map can find stuff for us? That we don't need to find the map necessarily as a whole? It'll just guide us? I don't know the answer to that. I just know it's magical and it's divination magic, but I don't understand the nature of how it works. Maybe it will direct us to the next piece of the map, and when we have all of them, it can lead us to the egg. That seems pretty convenient, but... Well, that's what maps are well, for. Who knows? Yeah. We could just... ask the thing tomorrow. We could. I just don't know if I trust a map that's telling us to find itself. Nifrin's going to speak up and say, How did you come by this? Pretty sure that was also the raven lady shrine. Yes? Yep. I wasn't there. Um, who was in the mayor's house? Oh, Juliet was. I know we found some stuff behind the uh, bookcase. I thought the map was from the raven queens. Yeah, the map was the uh, shrine. Temple. The book was from the mayor's house. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, or maybe I'm getting it wrong. Maybe the map was in the mayor's house as well. I think everybody currently in the party was there except for Talia. Yep. Um, so you're going to remember back that when you were interrogating the mayor, um, he looked up at Juliet's halberd and recognized it belonging to his great uncle. A scroll that you found in the library uh, was a letter to the mayor's father basically telling him um, he was on the search for clues to where the egg may be. Ah, gotcha. Oh, you know who had that note? Adel. Really? He was the one who tortured the mayor, and then we kind of distributed things equally-ish. And he ended up with the note uh, Alexander ended up with the book. I ended up with the halberd. And I think they gave the map piece to you, but you didn't want it? Uh, something like that. I thought we just stuffed random things in the back of holding. All right. 
Uh, you would have it at this point, just for the fact that you stripped Adel basically Excellent. of everything. <laughs> I believe uh, Alexander um, stripped him naked. I don't think I stripped him naked. I think that was Lunatus. Uh, I don't think it really took, ransacked him too much. We took all of his stuff, but sure only the valuable stuff. True. Very true. We only took the valuables. I'm, I don't think he's naked. But regardless, uh, I have did we leave him in the cave? Yeah, we did. What do you mean? Okay. Heal him yeah. out? No way. Too heavy. So are you going to tell Nifron uh, <laughs> any of this? Uh, yeah. I kind of thought we were having this discussion in character. <laughs> yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought we were just talking in front of him. Uh, it might be helpful if you say, well, Alunidas says, Juliet says, Alexander says. <laughs> because you're not doing Fair any enough. voices, so I don't know if you're in character or not. <laughs> Noted. Juliet says, uh, yes, we obtained that piece of map from the mayor of Kala's house. It had something to do with his uncle, this halberd was owned by him, and his father was given the note? Here, we have it somewhere. It says, oh, that's the wrong one. It says Harry Potter, go come to Hogwarts. Uh, the other note. Um, so Nifron's going to take the, uh, the note and read it. He's, you know, after about a minute of reading through this, he says, yes, Cornelius Reese, he still lives in Kala. He's there in his dotage, but he's still alive. Dotage. Dotage. Still alive, you say. Huh. Excellent. Someone we can talk to without magic. Maybe he has information, but his age, I don't know how reliable it would be. What, you think some old man's going to lie to us? Yes, because that never happens. Everybody lies. My friend's going to say, the monk gets it. <laughs> Juliet shakes her head. You know, sometimes trust is essential. Trust will just get you a knife in the back. It's a hard lesson to learn, Dragonborn. All right. So let's uh, make our way upriver toward Feydale. We can talk about this on a boat. We have a boat? Juliet well, asks. We can probably find one. It's a river. There's boats, right? So currently, if you are looking at the map, it would probably be about two days march to the Black River at its uh, northern point. Uh, from there, you could cross over either to a hollow uh, point, hollows point, or take the river all the way to Faybarrow and uh, march on to Faydale. It'd be about a probably four days boat ride to Faybarrow. But the uh, the nearest large towns um, that would have boats for hire would probably be either back to Ashfell, which is kind of backtracking, or to Ashmarsh, uh, which is to the west. I say let's go ahead and make our way uh, toward Hollows Point. I'm not eager to walk back southward toward uh, Cull. Well, I mean, Ashmarsh is right there. True. How closely is Ashmarsh allied with Ashfell? Do we know? Uh, give me a history check. Five. Look at that bardic knowledge coming out with the 19. I know a lot. So you asked that question... And uh, Alexander would know that although they're not enemies, they're not really on the greatest of terms. Uh, there's some trading going back and forth, but there's no, let's say, you know, mutual protection treaties or anything like that. You would also know with a 19 that the uh, governor of Ashmarsh is the cousin of the Queen of Ashfell. I will relay such information. Well, sounds like they're very close-ish, then. They might have uh, information about us that would be dangerous. I wouldn't trust it. Uh, Alexander would know um, with the 19 that there was some uh, political intrigue um, when uh, the Queen ascended. There was some question about um, 
the line of ascendancy. Pass that along. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> and that's probably why they're not on the greatest of terms. Okay. So it might be safe to go to Ashmarsh. I mean, at this point, you don't know really what's safe and what's not. How far the, you know, the word of your deeds and perhaps descriptions have uh, spread across this continent. True. Uh, you know that the companions have been in Kala, in the Isle of Insight, Carnley, and Asheville at this point. Well, I think it's worth a shot, says Juliet. Because I am not going to walk all the way to Feydale. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> well, I was suggesting Hollow's point, but yeah, I take your point. Um, give me anybody can give me a history check. Fifteen. Boy, do I love history. Damn. Um. So, Alexander, from your um book learning and lore that you've heard and Alunidas since he is kind of from this area you would know that there's not many um, towns that would have boats for hire Um, you may be able to talk someone into either getting a boat large enough to move your horses and cart uh, across this river or perhaps uh, you could procure it. Easy peasy. I am going to uh, say that to them. Get out of my brain, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, he's already got the dagger in there. He doesn't need more. There's not enough room for the three of us in here. So do we want to uh, risk trying to draw attention, trying to rent a boat to go to Fadale? Do we want to try stealing one? Or do we just want to try hoofing it? Well, at some point, you're going to have to get a boat because you're not going to be able to cross this river with the horses. It's too deep and too wide. What if we cock the wagon? (laughs) (laughs) You beat me to it. All right, let's head to Ashmarsh. Steal a Get a boat, one way or another. Can we we not steal the boat? Uh, I'd like to avoid committing as many crimes as possible. Just putting that out there. Well, if we light fire to the town, nobody will notice if the boat is missing. That's a possibility. Or we could rent the boat and then not give it back. Also possible. Nifron's going to speak up and say, the least amount of witnesses that we can get away with is probably for the best, which may mean stealing it. (sighs) Cameron Talents do anything the normal way. Paying something requires an interaction with another person. Heaven forbid we decide to be friendly with someone. Well, we could always, like, cast a charm spell on them. And then when we're on the river, we kill them, dump their body over it. So, you know, just as easy. That's easy to say for someone who doesn't have a bounty on their head. Do you know how much each one of you is worth right now? No. One thousand gold pieces. That's enough to bring any adventure out of the woodworks to try to take your head. Even me? Even you. Sweet. That is Talia, that's awesome. not something to be proud of. Hey, anybody has seen Good, Bad, and the Ugly? I have an idea. <laughs> we have a standoff? No, I was going to suggest the uh, scheme that Blondie and uh, oh. Hugo had. <laughs> which one's the bid? Which one's the big? Which one's the bad? Which one's the ugly? Yeah, we don't have a good. So, yeah, let's go to Ashmarsh, procure a boat. Yep. Okay, so uh, you guys leave the cave, and outside you're going to see a charcoal-colored horse um, that you think's Nifron's, and uh, he goes over and adjusts some saddlebags and mounts the horse. Oh, maybe we could trade Adel's horse for a boat. That's a really good idea. Do you guys still have all those horses that you stole from the Ashfell Knights? Yeah. Uh, no, we gave the rest of them to the villagers after we beat the shit out of Adel. Oh, right. Damn. It was just one for Turin and one for Adel. What about Adel's other horse? Uh, Chimney? Uh, I guess it would still be there, yeah. So we have two extra horses. Hmm. I have no idea how much a boat costs to rent or buy. But anyway, let's uh, 
Let's work our way on down to Ashmarsh and we can eye the scene once we're down there. Yep. Okay, so where you guys came out of uh, Mount Sunder is up here where I'm peeing to the northwest. So it's probably going to be a good maybe two days um, travel by horseback. So at this point, it's probably three o'clock in the afternoon. And coming out of uh, Mount Sunder, uh, the land here is pretty... Uh, lush and green. There's still some jagged like spires that come out of the ground here that are obsidian and uh, basalt. You make your way out of that land down into a valley and you're going to travel that for probably about four hours or so until you come to a, a hilly region right around here. You're going to start running into uh, some trees um, but you're able after probably a few hours of going through these trees, you're going to find a small road through them. Um, you're going to travel that for probably about a, another two hours. And um, even though the sun's not all the way down, um, the tall deciduous trees here, like their elm and maple and oak, are um, starting to um, not let a lot of light through. So even though it's probably another two hours to sunset, uh, it's getting really dark in here. I would like to notate that as we are doing this, I am switching to various different instruments and just playing them awkwardly. Like trying to get a feel for them? No, I'm just like, man, that, that instrument seems pretty neat. And then just changing it to, I'm like, man, I'm not very good at this one. And just keep on going between them. Running through the forest playing the sousaphone. Yeah, and then settling down on the bagpipes. Everyone's grateful for that. I know. Are, are we really grateful, everyone. though? Give me a uh, perception check. Should I do a performance check? No, uh, give me a perception. Well, give me a performance first. Twelve. Okay. <laughs> You're not going to see it, uh, but Juliet is going to see... Nifron, like staring daggers at the back of your head the entire time you're playing these uh, bagpipes, <laughs> which is probably about an hour through this forest. Hey, Alexander, uh, you think you can play that song again a little louder? You betcha! <laughs> I love playing the bagpipes. You're going to see uh, Nifron take uh, some cloth, um, and that's uh, like a pair of uh, extra clothes that he has and starts tearing it into tiny strips and starts sticking it in his ears. <laughs> this is my gameplay. I don't get to have any gameplay during combat, so this is what I settle for. <laughs> <laughs> After about another hour, you're going to have to stop just because it's uh, getting really dark unless uh, you want to try to press on for a little bit with uh, whatever light spells you have. I think it's just good to sit, uh, settle down. Yeah, let's go ahead and stop for the night. Yeah, I have a couple kids, a family, out here in the middle of nowhere. Yes, for the night. For the night. All right, so um, you're going to find a clearing off the side of uh, this road. Uh, it's not very large, but at least you can see some sky. Um, so you set up camp and make a fire and start cooking um, some food. So, Lunatas, uh, can I speak to you? Certainly. In private? All right. Juliet will lead Lunadas away from the camp a bit. Um, Talia is going to wait a little bit, put her hood up, and try to follow them quietly. Ooh. I would like to play the flute. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how far are you to walking away from camp? Um, I would say a good 60 feet. Okay, so you're probably... Just enough for privacy, not enough to get lost. Yeah. Okay. So you're probably in the tree line, but uh, you can still see some glow from the fire um, to make your way back. So are we going to notice Talia? Talia, are you moving as soon as they move, or are you going to wait for a bit? I'm going to wait for them to, to get, you know, 
10 yards into the into the forest before following them with my hood up so that I'm less likely to be seen. Well, Juliet's going to fail because she doesn't have dark vision, so... Are you saying anything to uh, Alexander or Nifron, or are you just putting up your head and taking off into the woods? Uh, I might look at Alexander and, you know, put my finger to my lips. As he plays I, louder. I shrug and play my... and start <laughs> playing the, uh, the violin. Uh, give me an insight check, Alexander. Sure. <laughs> Nine. <laughs> so uh, you think she may be telling you, "Hey, you're you're playing too loudly." <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not one for critics. I play louder. No, you're that guy. <laughs> you're you're the frat guy at the party playing acoustic guitar that nobody's paying any attention to. Well, she can't even ask me to turn it down. Like, come on. Talia, you are moving into the woods. Are you heading straight for them, or are you trying to, like, follow the edges of the trees to try I'm to get closer? Trying to follow them, but stay undercover. Okay, give me a stealth check. Nice. 16. Uh, 20 with your hood up, because you have advantage. Oh, yeah, I have advantage, so 20. And that beats my passive stealth of 16, so I don't notice you. Or passive perception. You're, yeah, passive perception. What's your passive, Juliet? I'm sure it's lower. Ten. <laughs> okay, so... And also in the dark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talia, you are able to get probably within, like, ten yards uh, of them, and you don't think they notice you. Sweet. So, uh, Juliet just kind of uh, takes an awkward position and puts her hand on the back of her neck and says, Well, Lunatas, um... You're a red talon, and I don't know why I guess you were raised as one, but I was not, and this whole thing is... I didn't exactly intend to be a red talon, so don't take this the wrong way, but I don't really want to be a red talon. <laughs> it's a little late for that, don't you think? You betrayed your companions... You uh, were arrested by the guard, escaped from prison, burned down a temple, uh, invaded the Tower of Insights, stealing an artifact, you murdered a mage. Uh, let's see, what else did we do? We, we participated in war, we murdered a cadre of guards. Um, you are now one of the most wanted people on the continent. And you brought yourself to the attention of a powerful demon. I'm not saying that you're necessarily one of the uh, loyal followers of Ruin Axis, but everyone else thinks you are. Alright, I just, uh, you bring up some very good points, but uh, I just want to make sure that we're in the clear. Um, I don't consider myself a real red talon, and I hope that's not a problem for you. I know this is kind of your whole thing if you ever tried to walk away well I wouldn't be too upset so long as you didn't try to take any of the artifacts of the saviors the map or ruins egg or tell anyone anything about the red talons you tried to do any of those things then I would do everything in my power to kill you oh um but if you wanted to just walk away by yourself free and clear then I wouldn't have too much problem with that others might okay so Here's here's a question. As far as I know, the red talons are all about getting power by bringing ruin back. Is that your idea too? Well, I'm more intend to destroy the world and rebuild it anew in a better image. Right now, it's kind of monstrous, vicious, and cruel. <sighs> I I was afraid you were going to say something like that. Well, I just want you to know that. Oh, I will continue helping the Red Talons. I don't want you to be surprised that I don't feel like I owe them that much of an allegiance. So I, I'm not going to be a problem. I'm not going to do all the things you told me not to do, but... Just, are, are we square? Are we clear? Are I we, think like, we understand okay? each other very well. Okay, just... 
I, I don't want to kill you, you don't want to kill me, we're, we're good on that level. Okay. And I think we both like Talia very much. She's the sweetest. <laughs> a little Talia is growing up so fast. She killed a fire dude. With a knife. In the face. <laughs> Do you think it's um, healthy for her to grow up with the Red Talon thing? I, I'm not sure this is the best for her childhood. Well, I turned out just fine. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I'm cracking up with um, that one. <laughs> <laughs> we're making sure she gets plenty of healthy influences, I think. Not my fun. Um. Okay, that's fair. I'll agree with you. Uh, not my fun. Maybe we should stop by the theater and stay there. Make a theater show. Wait, why? Because it's it stimulates healthy minds and stuff. Musical theater, it's good for kids, right? I, I suppose. I don't know. I've never seen a musical theater. I mean, if it's anything Elves like, are big on it. If it's anything like Alexandra's playing, I think I'll skip it. Oh, elves never play the bagpipes. They have class. Oh, good. Okay. Are we turning this into three villains and a little lady? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and my phone. In response to the bagpipe uh, quip, I'm going to stare omnisciently <laughs> through the through the fourth wall. Yeah, you don't hear any of this. Sure don't. That's why I've been zoning out the last couple of minutes. Just playing the trumpet loud as you can. I moved on to the piano now. It's a new era. <laughs> I have a full mahogany-sized piano in the middle of the forest. So, so just one one last thing before um, we go back to camp, and I just I need you to promise me that you won't do anything to hurt Talia. Absolutely not. She's a deer. Okay. That's that's it. Thank you for talking with me. Um, I really appreciate it. Always glad to chat. And uh, Juliet will walk to back towards the camp. I assume Alunados is also. Yep. Do either of us trip over Talia? <laughs> um, Talia, give me a perception check. I have a passive of 10. Um, no, you were actively listening to this, so... Damn, so sick. <laughs> <laughs> So you didn't hear most of this conversation. Your ears perked up a couple of times when you heard your name, and it sounded like, uh, by their tone of voice, uh, that they were saying good things about you. But that was about as much as you could make out of their conversation. Time to try to get Alunidas and, and, and Juliet together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. You're shipping them, aren't you? One hundred percent. No, no, Talia is not Hannah. <laughs> All right, so Juliet and Alunidas are going to make it back to camp. Nifron is uh, going to look up from uh, sharpening his rapier and say, "Do you two have a nice little chat?" Absolutely. We talked about the upcoming menu for our trip. Give me a we deception did. check. <laughs> Eight. Nine. So I decided to wink, basically, in the middle of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so Nifron's um, going to look uh, right at you, Alunados, and say, of course you did. Nice one, Alunados. He totally bought it. Almost certainly. I've now moved on to an organ. Did you happen to see the little one while you were out there? She's uh, still back here at camp, isn't she? She disappeared soon after you left. She does that sometimes. At least there's no gonna, orphanage around here. I'm gonna try to skirt around to where like the horses and, and uh, Abbott are, are tied up and make it look like I came from that area. Okay, give me a stealth check. 25. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Um, so yeah, I mean, you like make through these woods like a shadow without making any noise at all you're seeing twigs and branches and pine cones and loose rock um, but 
through the glow of this fire you're able to see all of them and you don't disturb any of them uh and then you're going to pop over there by the uh horses very impressive for a city girl uh i'm gonna lower my hood and and walk from that direction towards towards the campfire all right don't panic talia's lost we'll find her we'll find her <laughs> oh talia uh we were just looking for you i was over with the the horses in abbott can i roll an insight check absolutely i don't know looks good to me <laughs> yeah that's a five <laughs> that that math checks out right there it makes sense she'd play with abbott she was away from him for a couple of days yeah, I'm going to have to start, like, giving you disadvantage on, like, stealth if Abbott's around, because he's going to, like, be following you around. Give me The goal a- is to eventually train him to follow me silently, like a, like one of those combat dogs that, like, stands between its owner's legs, and they're able to, like, sneak. That's, you know, future goal. Yeah, Mark, you're going to have to... remember, was he a Rottweiler kind of dog, or a Mastiffy kind of dog? Or a wolfhound. I thought dog. he was like a wolfhound kind of dog. Okay. Who, Abbott? Slender. Yeah, Abbott. Uh, he's a mastiff pup. We'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> you, you'll use him as cover. I'll ride him into battle. <laughs> so if you're going to train him, you're going to need to start giving me like animal handling checks when you guys like stop for the night or when you get okay. some downtime. Can, can we start doing that? Because I would love to get him trained up so that he can actually follow me and I don't have to always tie him up. Absolutely. You just got to say you're doing it. Cool. Um, probably not tonight since I was already over there and <laughs> pretended like I came from there. <laughs> that would ruin my cover story. Clever girl. Look, I trained him to, to, to lick me. <laughs> That training is going very well, let me tell you. Well, I'm beat. Um, I think I'm going to go get some shut-eye. Do we have the whole watching thing worked out, or uh, do we need to set that up? I'll take first watch. Um, While you've got some downtime, you also have uh, all the items that you took from uh, Bonebreaker's tomb. Oh, yes, that's right. I should go and identify. 5,000 books. We have a million books. I'd love to go through those, but I feel like we should identify the items first. Actually, come to think of it, Alexander, can you identify items? I sure can. Let me double check. Why'd you say you sure can if you didn't? Because it skipped my mind. Yep, I sure can. Sweet. Okay, so can you identify these items? And Juliet, like, unloads all of Borscht stuff into his hands. Uh, and I will crack open some books uh sure so i have i can downgrade things so i can uh since i haven't recovered from the long rest yet uh i can identify nine things right now uh, i don't I... think you'll need it that many <laughs> yeah I think okay only i need five wasn't sure if there was like any other miscellaneous things that i wasn't aware of do you want us to start with uh any particular items dm or uh, stand by. I'm looking. Tell us what they are. Stand by. I'm looking up a spell. And don't forget to take the amulet of dominion and its bonuses off you, uh, Blake. What's that? The amulet of dominion. I see it's still in the inventory thing, so you might. Oh, sure. I already took all the bonuses off. It's not on okay. my character sheet. So let me let me throw stuff on and take stuff off. Let me pull up the list here. All right. So what you have that's magical is you have. Uh, two very magical books that uh, you looked at in the tomb. Uh, There's also a black rod um, that's about a foot in length and a diameter of about an inch. Uh, There is a cloak. There is a set of leather armor. And that is it as far as like the magical items. The rest of it was uh, what you think are spell books. So you have enough uh, identify slots to uh, identify all these items. So starting with the books, you are going to identify the first book as Manual of Intellect. 
And basically what this does is if you read the whole book, your intelligence score will be permanently increased by one. Nice. The second magical book is the one that Juliet was reading, and you'd kind of glean some of this, but after it was identified, um, this is a manual of strength and fitness. And if you read this book, it will increase your strength score by one. You would also know that by the magical effects of these books only work once per every hundred years. Hmm. So they've got 20 charges stored up. <laughs> no. The charge is expended when it's red. Meaning? Um, the rod, it's foot long. Uh, it's black. It's about an inch in diameter. And it appears to be made of some sort of like stone that uh, you don't really know what that's made out of. But what you do know is this is a wand of magic missiles. It has six charges per day that resets at sunrise day. each day. And basically, you could cast it six times or you could cast it once at sixth level. But if you cast it all six charges at the same time, uh, you roll a d20. And if you roll a one on that d20, the item will be destroyed. Dang. Uh, just so you know, I'm dumping this all in your inventory, Alexander. Yep. I got a big bag. So, the cloak. This is the cloak of the bat. While wearing this cloak, you would have advantage on dexterity and stealth checks. In an area of dim light or darkness, you can grip the edges of the cloak with both hands and use it to fly at a speed of 40 feet. If you ever fail to grip the cloak's edges while flying in this way, or if you have, or you're no longer in dim light or darkness, you lose this flying speed. While wearing the cloak in an area of dim light or darkness, you can use your action to cast Polymorph on yourself, transforming into a bat. While you're in this form of the bat, you retain your intelligence, wisdom, and charisma scores, and the cloak can't be used this way again until the next dawn. So next is the armor. This is a set of fine leather armor that is dark brown. It has a plus two enchantment on it to armor class and saving throws. And it also casts guidance once per day, which means you can touch a willing creature and add one D four to the ability check of its choice. When the uh, spell ends, you can roll the die before or after making the check. Neat. If you want to start looking through some books, Juliet, just in your time, either, you know, before you go to sleep or during your watch, mm -hmm. you are going to find, while flipping through some of these uh, spell books, let's say you're, you flip through about, like, ten uh, this night, give me a Arcana check. That is a 23. All right. So flipping through these books, there's a lot of stuff here that you don't understand, but you are going to find through these 10 books uh, a couple of spells that um, you kind of get a grasp of, even though you understand what they are based on the descriptions, but you can't really like cast them at this point because you don't have the skill um, but mm -hmm. you're going to have uh, you're going to find Bigsby's hand Conjure Elemental Far Step and Globe of Invulnerability Excellent So I guess everybody's laying down for the night Yep Sure Yep. Uh, just heads up as uh, before everybody's starting to go to sleep uh I've started to experiment with the magic item that I have that can transform to any instrument. So I'm making just amalgamations of different instruments, like a piano, piano bagpipes, kind of like the piano accordion, but different, you know? Alexander, drop down into the secret channel with me. Sure. I'm here. All right. Give me a wisdom save. I can do that. 
17. All right. So, as you lie down to sleep and you start drifting off, you begin to dream. And you have some pleasant dreams at first, you know. This fight you had with this Efreti, you know, you in your dream you're very heroic and, you know, you strike the final blow on this thing even though you didn't. After a while, um, that dream kind of morphs into another dream. And this time, you are in a house that you don't recognize. The walls are... They seem pretty short, much shorter than you're used to, and your perspective you seem a lot lower to the ground, and you hear screaming, and you look down, and you're going to see that dagger in your hand covered in blood, and then you are going to start out of this Dream, give me a charisma saving throw. Yikes. With a seven bonus, I get a nine. Yeah. <laughs> so, you are going to wake up, and you're, you're going to sit up, and you're going to hear this voice in the back of your head. It says, I hunger. And you're going to look down, and you had taken your belt off with uh, that dagger in its sheath and put it beside some of your gear, and you're going to see this dagger in your hand. Yikes. And you're going to stand up, and you're going to see that everybody in this camp is asleep. And you're going to look over, and it appears to be Juliet's watch, and she seems to be resting her eyes. And you make your way over to Talia, and you're standing over her, and you can hear the dagger in the back of your head say, Feed me. Feed me. Give me a uh, another charisma saving throw. 25. Ooh. You look down at this dagger, and then you look down at Talia, and you, you you feel your arm start tensing up, and you start moving the dagger slowly towards Talia in her sleep, but through your sheer force of willpower, you were able to say, no, I'm not going to do this. And then the voice in your back of your head screams at you and I think that's a good place to end the episode yep alright we're back Welcome back. we were just discussing the distribution of um, items <laughs> labor <laughs> uh, shit just got real y'all Ooh. oh no oh no Are, in a way we're gonna find out about or we're gonna have to listen to the episode uh, you're gonna have to listen to the episode alright all right. Well, Alexander, we're we're undressing you and putting you in leather armor plus two, if you're okay with that. Neat. <laughs> and the cloak of elven kind. I am beque- uh, uh, be bequeathing. Yeah. Yeah, bequeathing to you. Transferring. Um, I thought you had to be dead to bequeath something. Fair. I'm transferring it to you since uh, I want the cloak of awesomeness. Wiring it to your inventory. So, what do these two things do exactly again? There's a whole lot of words, and I didn't gather it all. Um, cloak, the, the Cloak of Elvenkind just gives you advantage on stealth checks. Um, I think I can link. And then uh, the upgrade armor is just plus two. Plus and then two you and have you... guidance once per day. Um, you can give somebody a plus 1d4 on a check. Not to tell you what to do with that cloak, but uh, Juliet is wearing heavy armor, and that would cancel out her... Uh, disadvantage you know I'm not gonna pass the check in the first place come on well it would at least get rid of the disadvantage which has been a big problem for you. We, we were discussing that but we thought that it it would probably look silly since it would look more like a, a half cape or a, a bolero jacket on her 
No, I mean... Has been of elven kind. That, that cloak's <laughs> magical, so it would expand or shrink to fit Juliet. Okay. Just like that armor. That armor was, you know, a half huge half-orc was wearing it, but <laughs> Hannah, I mean, Talia could put it on, and it will shrink to fit you. That is fair. Well, no, I, I already have leather armor that's plus one and plus one to initiative, and I thought that since Alexander doesn't have any armor, then he would need some. I have regular level. leather armor. Yeah, but you could have leather armor plus two. Okay, so what are the base stats on that? So you say plus two, so does that mean two more than what I have? Because right now leather armor is 11 plus dex, I want to say. Yeah, so you will have 13 plus dex. 13 plus dex. So it would just increase Whack. your armor class by two. Which and in plus theory two. is a 10% reduction in damage. And it's plus two uh, to saving throws as well. I've studied leather armor. Wait, plus two armor gives you advantage on... It gives you stuff on saving throws as well? I did this not This armor that. does. Oh, okay. Nice. So it's regular leather armor plus two. So it would actually be plus one to your armor class if you were already wearing studded. Okay, so... With that, with the 13 plus dex, my AC is now 15. Better what it was. Sure is. Okay, and the last two things we have to distribute are the gainful exercise and the intelligence manuals. Neither one of those would really benefit Illuminos. It would cancel out my negatives on strength checks, but that's about it. Same with Talia. Actually, I don't even think that it would cancel out my negatives. Yeah, I have a 9 on strength. I have an eight. I do not want to be hogging these tomes. I have plenty of my own. Um, I'll take the strength, I guess. All right. I like being big and strong. Does the intelligence help you at all, Talia? Me? No, I'm... um, I have a 14 in intelligence. So it wouldn't change anything. I don't mean like an instant change, but would it be useful to you? Are you going to rely on intelligence in the future that you might need it? Um, because you are a rogue, it does affect some of the skills that you have. Uh, I mean, the skills that I have are charisma and dexterity based. Does your magic rely on intelligence? Yes, it does actually. I would just say that. If Juliet took the strength book, that would give her an 18. And since she's probably going to be your tank now, um, that might not be a bad idea. If she decided to go with the Bonebreaker sword instead of the halberd, she would actually be able to use that without any negatives. Ooh, that's true. But I don't know if you want to give up that reach. I am not married to the Reach. Um, it is very useful, but since now we don't have a tank, I have to be up close anyway. Yeah, your Reach doesn't give you attacks of opportunity, so you wouldn't be able to lock people down without the sword, right? I, I'd need to take a feat for that, and thats I think that's just too silly of an investment. If you took Sentinel, that would be badass. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'd only get one reaction per round, so I'd be able to hold off one guy and uh, then the rest would kill you guys. I don't <laughs> want that happening. Oh, I could um, run away. So could I. Just saying. Alexander, I, I guess you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, I actually had a question for you. We can discuss this after we're done distributing stuff, uh, but for you, Kevin, um, about rogues and feet. Okay. Sorry, um... But yeah, so I think I think that's how we we're if if you're on the inventory page, I think that's how everything's distributed. Alunadas got the wand of magic missiles just in case he uh, <laughs> needs to not be punching something, you know, because being up close and personal with it could cause him damage, like fire elementals. Yep. <laughs> that was or the idea that can behind. Fly or you know, give give him some range, basically. Uh, can a monk use that? Ooh. Oh, I didn't even. Think I mean, that's that. a basically it's a wand or a rod. Just do the kamehameha on the wand; it don't blow stuff up. <laughs> we'll look into Wazoo, that. Barada. Uh, 
Because I know in previous editions there was like a used magic item feat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, rogues still have kind of that ability, or at least the, the thief subclass does. Right, but I don't think monks would have that. Yeah, no, they don't. But uh, we'll look would, into it. Yeah. It's like also like a fighter wouldn't be able to read like, you know, a fireball scroll. Yeah, that's true. All right. What was your uh, question, Hannah, about rogues? Yeah, about feats. Um, I I have recently gone through my inventory and I appear to have become a collector of daggers. Uh-huh. <laughs> I now have three throwing daggers that return to me, two regular daggers and an adamantine dagger. Uh, no, you have an adamantine dagger. You have a magical dagger plus one of returning. And then you've got the two um, magical poison throwing daggers that uh, you asked the priestess for. Right. And then I had the two daggers from before. It's in my Google Sheets inventory. Okay. So like two mundane daggers. Yeah. Just two mundane, just regular, you know, up close and personal daggers. Yep. So you got six. I'm Is just, there I'm just imagining like this little 11 year old girl running around with just like six daggers on her somewhere. She's like hiding <laughs> shit up her sleeves and down her boot. And Oh yeah. I, I was actually thinking that maybe I could find someone who could make me like one of those things that'll launch uh, a dagger. That's like up my sleeve like, held against my forearm into my hand so that I could stab someone. Um, <laughs> Uh, you could probably, like if you found like a, you know, a master smith somewhere, they could probably make that for you uh, for a considerable expense. That would be fun. Um, but no, I actually had an idea. Idea because I have, because I have the three daggers of returning, the two daggers of returning that the lady gave me, and the one dagger of returning from before. Um, is there a feat that I can do like? I play World of Warcraft, so my only uh, reference is like Fan of Knives, where I throw multiple daggers, and maybe it takes you know some of the damage off, but I can throw multiples at different targets. You uh, would need extra attack for that, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's like a fighting class type feature, like for warriors, uh, rather fighters, paladins, rangers, that sort of thing. I think even monks get up, right? The extra attack at fifth level. Yeah. So. You would either need, I think, to multi-class with that to get three attacks or have something that does haste. Okay, man, that makes if we sense. we get Talia haste, oh, man. <laughs> Actually, uh, there's somebody in the party right now that has an item that does it. Boots of speed. Nice. But uh, that's just as deadly as having uh, on the monk. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Well, I, like I said, I was just thinking like a feat, something like that, where, you know, like I said, it doesn't do all of the damage, but I can hit multiple targets. But if that's not something that rogues can do, that's also cool. Yeah, you, I mean, you would need to take levels and fighter to get that extra attack or have something that does haste. I mean, you're, uh, uh, what you call it? illusionist rogue, whatever they call it, right? Uh, An arcane rogue. Arcane rogue. You can cast magic missile, which... Each of those missiles does the same damage as a dagger. It automatically hits, and you can just flavor it so that they look like magic daggers. That's that's about as far as I can get you uh, using the rules as written. So that is fair. I will consider it. Yeah, unfortunately, she doesn't get the addition of her uh, dex bonus or that's sneak attack on that. So it's a matter of how certain do you think you'll hit versus how much do you want to do damage. But I mean, you're you're going to be the damage dealer in the party. I mean, <laughs> that that we're already there. Yeah, I'm pretty happy. I love Talia more and more. <laughs> oh, uh, and I looked it up. Magic missile does not require you to be the spellcaster to use, so it's all yours, Lindos. Sweet. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dungeons and Debacles podcast. If I could ask a halfling size favor. Give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to support us. New episodes come out every Monday, so make sure to check your podcast app. Do you have an idea to make the podcast better? Tell us about it on Twitter or Facebook. 
You can also check out our website to see all the maps, lore, and characters at DungeonsAndDebaclesPodcast.com. And now a word from our fantasy sponsor. Adventuring is hard work. As you're entering the lair of a dragon, you can't afford to be spending a second thought about whether your taxes are paid up on your keep or if your monthly payment on your horse has been taken care of. I'm Terrell Silversmith of Silversmith, Silversmith, and Stonegut, certified fantasy accountants, and we could take the grudgery of paying your taxes and bills off your mind. For a modest fee, we can make sure your mundane financial responsibilities are taken care of so you can concentrate on what really matters saving villages and slaying monsters. We also take care of wills and estates if one of your party members should happen to fall. We can also handle insurance claims for accidental death and dismemberment. Give yourself peace of mind knowing that trade professionals have your back. Silversmith, Silversmith, and Stonegut can handle all your financial needs. Fantasy accountant, you hack and slash me do the math without to see our gal done. The music you heard on this episode was Private Reflection, Evening of Chaos, and Hero Down by Kevin McLeod in Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. CreativeCommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 3.0.